0: All right, all right, all right. We are live with another episode of Hockey Royalty, the official podcast of HockeyRoyalty.com. We got a new duo here tonight, never before just Russell and I. Going to feel it out, going to hit some homers or some one-timers, so to speak, for the sport of hockey. How are you doing, Russell?
1: I'm doing pretty good. It's been a fun week of development camp, and uh, yesterday was just crazy nonsense. It was awesome.
0: I know. it was just It was nuts back and forth, and I was like, you know my mom flew into town and I'm like trying to like figure like be at work and like spend time with her and check Twitter and all this <laughs> kind of stuff like that it' was just been it was just been crazy so uh, yeah, absolute nuts and then we went and saw a baseball game you know the ace were in town, which is my team uh, so that's been good how how you been?
1: yeah, I've been good. I've been uh, trying to get out to dev camp as much as I can. I haven't been the last couple of days but uh, tomorrow, Or uh, by the time you guys listen to it on Friday at 9 a.m. They're having a scrimmage, which is kind of going to encapsulate the whole week of development camp. So that should be pretty good. And I plan on being there. So it should be fun.
0: Yeah, so it's been great. We'll get to that topic a little later on. But the the juice is worth the squeeze. And there's plenty of juice in the fridge. Let's start it off here. (laughs) Adrian Kempe comes in four years, about five and a half mil there right in the center. Uh, We knew it was coming. We didn't know how much. We figured it would either be a a bigger, longer term and less money or, or, you know, some of us closer to six million for less. But right in that sweet spot. And Mm -hmm. and I really like it because the fact that it feels like he's betting on himself. Right. Becoming a UFA at twenty nine. salary cap's going to increase if he pots, you know, thirty five plus a couple more years. You're looking at possibly eight and a half. So million for for a guy of his talent level.
1: Yeah, a lot of Kings fans are kind of a little worried about that. That, oh, well, what if he becomes a UFA and then we wouldn't be able to afford him? Well, if he becomes a UFA and you can't afford him, that means he's being productive in the four years that during this contract. So, I mean, all in all, this is kind of the number that we pretty much expected. I and mean, I think you and Joe and I, we've all kind of hovered around 5.5, maybe 5.75. Um, but it, it was a little surprising when we, the first, the news first came out about it being four years. We had kind of thought maybe five, six to keep that term. Uh, keep him in team control a little longer. But at four years we expected maybe that uh, dollar amount would go up to maybe close to six, but sure enough, it stayed to five and five and, and uh, our 5.5 and, and Rob Blake just to c- continues to work his magic. It's been pretty incredible what he's been able to do with the, what he's been given.
0: I know with some of these contracts are like, okay, is that really that much, you know? And, and mm-hmm. I think it's good. On, and yeah, if, if he becomes a UFA and he gets priced out of our structure, you know, that means he's, that he's 35, 40 goal scorer. And and that's what is going to be necessary for us to win. Mm -hmm. I thought, I thought it was good, you know, and and a guy that's going to bet on himself instead of taking, you know, you, he could have probably gotten a seven year deal yeah, at at less money and be like, okay, I'll take the security. But he, he's like, no, I I bet on myself. That I can do this again. Um, You know, I forgot to mention though. Thank you guys for coming in the chat here and live on YouTube and live on Twitter. If you guys are on Twitter, watching it live, come over to YouTube so that way you can join in the chat and and, in the fun. Uh, but you know, I really like it. And I think that line with Fiala, be talking about it on Twitter with a lot of fans. You know, the a rising tide raises all boats. You're looking at Fiala's, you know, Kempe's not really an assist man, but you got Kopitar and Fiala that can that can dish the puck. None of them are well, Kopitar seems afraid to shoot it sometimes, but <laughs> Fiala and Fiala and Kempe aren't afraid to shoot it. And you know, you can just see uh, you're gonna be seeing a lot of pucks fly towards the net, and I think it's gonna be good, and, and that whole line is just gonna gestate. Will Fiala be the number one scorer on the team? I'm, I'm probably guessing so, but I wouldn't be surprised with an uptick in Kopitar's production either.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you talked about shooting the puck because the the big question with Adrian Kempe and kind of it's been his whole career is his consistency. And yeah, we can talk about his streakiness and this, this being his real first like breakout year. But in order for Adrian Kempe to continue to be a consistent 30-plus goal scorer, there's really just one thing he has to do, and it's easy. It's just shoot the puck. I was bringing up some stats in 2017-18 where he played 81 games. He had 16 goals, and that was on a total of 212 shot attempts. This past season, obviously 35 goals in 78 games. He had 443 shot attempts, almost double what he had. So shoot the puck, and it'll go in the net. And I'm sure Andre will, will differ, differ to him. And, and um, we have Fiala, you have Fiala now on the, his other side. It's just, it
0: should be a fun line to watch, and it really solidifies the Kings to top six. More shots are always good, and more juice is always good. Coming here from Richard, Uh, I, I agree there, and I think it's going to be interesting to see what goes on. And I keep bringing this up because I think mentality or mental capacity for for players is huge. And mm-hmm. he said when he st- stopped differing to other players or stopped taking a back seat to his line mates and really went out there and and performed his game, you saw him start driving in the net more. You started to start shooting more. You start you you started to see him not just pass the puck away and. And I think it's just going to be the tip of the iceberg for his production. And, you know, could we see 40 plus? Yeah. Could we see? And and I'm, I'm looking at it this way. And, you know, we were talking about it, I believe, a little bit on the live show and the previous show. We got four more years of Deneau at five, Kempe mm-hmm. at five and a half, and Fiala at 7.8. Like, you could reasonably see all three of these guys outproduce their contracts for the next four seasons. And that's how championship teams are built getting players to outproduce their contracts. And there is a recipe for this that you can easily see that all three of those guys, especially Kempe, outproduces this contract for the four seasons.
1: Oh, 100%. And even watching some of the contracts that were being shelled out yesterday, you just kind of compare it. So what Kempe got and what even Phil Deneau got last year, it's really incredible the value that the Kings have been able to get. They're betting on players that maybe aren't, that weren't really looked at as high-end pro- offensive producers like like DeNoe and like Arvidsson who went through his injuries. But they're they're betting on them, and it's paying off so far for L.A. So, I mean, you look at the Kings salary cap right now. Yeah, they're, they're kind of at the cap ceiling. So with all the signings, the other ones we'll talk about a little later, uh, this is pretty much going to be the team we see. So um, in a couple of years, once the salary cap starts going up, you only have two more years of Kopitar at $10 million a year. And Kopitar doesn't come across as the kind of guy who's going to be looking to get close to $9, $10 million again at his next contract. He's probably going to uh, come back at a team-friendly deal. So these deals with Kempe and Fiala and Dano are going to look pretty sweet um, in a couple of years once that salary cap actually starts going up.
0: Yeah, Richard coming in here uh, with Fiala being a playmaker that takes pressure off of Kopi and Kempe. And that's really what it seemed last, last year and, and for many years is that they couldn't find that third. They mm-hmm. couldn't find that third person. And who knows if, if Fiala will, will be better with deno or if he'll be better with with uh, Kopitar. I assume he'll start on the first line. But if they can get that third and they get that line cooking, just like the second line was last year, watch out. Because I think Byfield and Kaliev will have a good line as well. And and mm-hmm. that's what, that's what Mac wants. They want to roll four. That's what they want to do. And they don't want to have to press on Kopitar for heavy minutes for 82 games a year.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've we saw the pretty much the duos be solidified up and down the lineup. You had Kopitar and Kempe, you had uh Trevor Moore and Philip Deneau, and then sometimes Victor Arvidsson. and then even further, you had uh Lemieux Lazat. I mean, those duos were formed, but up the top line, they were really just trying to find somebody anybody to really work there. Uh, Iafal started there, Athanasiu was there, Kaliev was there. I mean, they couldn't find a top line winger, and now that you have Fiala there. It's, it's going to be entertaining, and the Kings finally have um, a really strong, solid uh, line one.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be great, and I'm, I'm excited for the season to start there. Let's move it over to the other free agent signings here. Quite a few, and, and some interesting ones, right? So it started mm-hmm. out with the Grunstrom and, and Leas Anderson. You know, they said, hey, we, we give Kempe some money. Let's make let's make it the tri-crona and bring in the other two Swedes there. <laughs> um, you know, Grunstrom, I'm pulling it up here. I know uh, Leas Anderson was at the 750, and Grunstrom was at one point what two? One point three, I believe. Yeah. One point three. So I I I think Leah Anderson was the 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 head scratcher for a lot of fans just because of maybe where do you put him? But let's start with the guy that earned this money, um, you know, with his play in the playoffs is, is Grunstrom there. And and I think that you relatively could see a young Brown Junior, you could see a third line player. And if and if I wasn't making four million, you'd probably would see him solidified with byfield and Kaliev.
1: Oh, Grunstrom, he earned his contract in the playoffs. I
0: forget. I believe it was game four
1: where he had that just head straight dive into the net. And it, sure enough, it goes in, um, beating Darnell Nurse along the side. That was great. And it was, I had mentioned at the time, it was a coming out party for Grunstrom. And this is the type of player he is. He's a physical bottom six, middle six type forward who's, who's willing to get on the four check, willing to throw his body around. I mean, when you watch Carl Grunstrom throw hits, they're not just hits. They're like board-shattering hits. You hear it on TV. You hear it up in the press box. So They're they're really good hits. So, I mean, if you can have that type of player where the Kings don't really have that um, enforcer type going to gonna throw the bodies around. It, I mean, with Dustin Brown gone, someone's got to take that role. And and if Carl Grunstrom can live up to that bidding, I think that's a really good value signing to have uh, in the Ford group.
0: You're looking at, I think if he gets consistent play, I think you're looking at a 15-goal score on the third line. And mm-hmm. and the guy that can bring some uh, toughness. I know they we'll get to Lemieux here in a second, but you know you you need those guys up and down the line that aren't afraid to back down and, and they call them they don't call him the Tonka truck for nothing. Like he really does go out there and throw his weight around, and he has some good hands around the net. He's not afraid to go to the dirty areas, and to have a lineup of all skill players hasn't worked at all. Right? You look at teams yeah. like Colorado, Tampa all bring in guys that are are like grunch from the the glue guys that come in and do what's necessary uh, around the net and definitely earn that money
1: I think people forget that Grunstrom is was was a second round draft pick so there the potentials there i mean it's not he's not just some undrafted late round pick he, he was a high draft pick um, for Toronto so that was, that was a valuable piece in, in the trades that the rob Blake did to get um to bring over those uh, players from Toronto, so if, if Grundstrom can live up to that potential, I mean that's that's huge to have in, in the bottom six and, and play whether he plays with uh, Byfield or we see him on, on the fourth line maybe with Lazad or so. But I, I I really liked what I saw with uh, Grundstrom toward the end of the year, and I know he was in and out of the lineup at times. But if he can continue to be a consistent player and just really play his role, he doesn't have to be this high end offensive producer. I mean, yeah, if he can if he can be consistently on the four check and throwing his body around. I could easily see 10 to 15 goals this coming season.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite crazy. And I, I think the fact that you're, you're slowly seeing it. And I know I was talking to my brothers a couple years ago. I was like, man, he was on pace for 40 something points when he got his first something, his chance. And then it just kept going back and forth and he wasn't consistent. And we see that consistency. I, I think the, you're going to get a quality third, third line guy who can play up with injury uh, if need be. Let's move it over to Lea's here. Um, hanging out with Mavari on, on the summertime. They're all working out together, mm-hmm. enjoying their new money. Uh, 750 k here. I think it's just the fact that he wasn't on the ice, but I think the Kings also gave a second round pick for this guy. So why not throw league minimum money to see if he can be healthy? Because all the rage last year, if you queue it up, it was Lias Anderson, Velarde, and Vladimir Kachev, right? Mm-hmm. So they throw seven hundred fifty k and like, hey, if you can't if you can't scratch it here in the in the NHL this season, we'll put you in the A. You're a serviceable backup, and for for almost nothing.
1: Yeah, I mean seven hundred fifty k for AHL Gretzky. I think that's pretty good value. But uh, it's, it was a little bit of a head scratcher. I mean, with the way that uh, Anderson was kind of really wasn't in the lineup much uh, of last year, even when he was healthy, um, it, it was a little. A little confusing to see them bring him back. But when you pay, like you said, when you pay a second round pick to bring in a player, you're probably going to give him a little bit more run than you would uh, other players. So I mean, to bring him back at only $750,000, um, we will see if he makes the opening night roster. I, I probably expect him to get placed on waivers at some point, just um, from looking at some of the other players that they could lose to waivers. So um, Jared Anderson Dolan's obviously one of them. Gabe Velarde is one of them. So it'll be interesting to see how that, uh, battle tra- uh, um, transforms in, in training camp. But yeah, like, like you talked about too, I mean, Anderson Velarde and Kachev was one of the best lines in preseason. So if Anderson can get any sort of momentum going through training camp and preseason, I, I think that that could be a really solid, uh, depth piece in the, in the bottom six.
0: Yeah, here we go. Hagini uh, comes in here and says, "With the iron, top, uh, with the entire offense set, how do you find a spot for Velarde and Kapari? Is there a trade coming for lefty? I don't really think there's a trade coming, and I think Velarde, Kapari, and insert any name here that could potentially fit in the bottom six will have every opportunity to earn that spot."
1: Yeah, I think the the next we can just probably hop up right into Lemieux, um, bringing back in Lemieux. That kind of made that bottom six even more crowded. So that that was a little bit more of like, okay, well, well, once you brought in Lemieux, you're looking at, okay, well, where does everyone fit now? Um, I mean, what was Lemieux's contract? 1.35 for two years or one year, just one year. So, yeah. I mean, to bring him in, it, it made a lot of sense with Lemieux because he, he brings a, a grit and tenacity that really no one else on the lineup can bring. Um, but it does make everything crowded down there. So, uh, yeah, what does that mean for Velarde? What does that mean for players like Kupari, Jared Anderson, Dolan, all also still has a, needs a contract. But uh, I was looking at the lineup, and the one player that probably will be on the odd man out is Raspis Kupari, and it's only because he's still waiver-exempt. So you can send Kupari down to the AHL, which would be a little disappointing given that he was actually pretty good in the playoffs last year against Edmonton. But uh, you just it's just asset management. You have to be able to find a way to keep as many guys as you can. And with Lemieux and Grunstrom in the fold, you're probably looking at Jared Anderson, Dolan, Gabe Velarde being the extra forwards uh, on the opening night roster.
0: Yeah, they're the Kings are going for the brisket over burger approach. They're doing for the slow burn, the long overnight, <laughs> exactly. you know, burn here. But brisket tastes better, right? And so, you know, I, I think there's there's going to be time to earn it. And you know, who knows if it's just for injury reasons? Who knows if they really don't believe in these guys, or they just want a, a really true camp battle here? Um, mm-hmm. There might be a trade. Uh, coming up because realistically there there might need to be to make room for for more money for mikey anderson etc so maybe these are just players that they're signing and and they expect to trade from somebody else but you know like i said that like you said grunstrom is really the only other guy with that that grit and that toughness maybe Mm -hmm. not from a like a you know that the term that hockey people use from a rat standpoint like lemieux is like he he likes to (laughs) instigate but grunstrom's not afraid to finish he's not afraid to stand up for his teammates. And so I thought I understood, well, I was kind of puzzled by the least one, but I understood it. Like, okay, 750, that's nothing. Yeah. But like 1.35, that's taking up a roster spot that money. So mm-hmm. now you really only have one free spot available at camp, which is right wing four. And you know, is that really enough spots to be open for Vellardi, Kupari, Jared Anderson, Dolan, Samuel Fagamo, Alex Turcott, like, is that really enough spots for them to really have a chance to battle it out? I would say no. And I'm, I think they oversigned. I don't know about you, not necessarily a person in particular, but I think they're just, they oversigned one forward. Yeah. I think the, that one forward that it
1: probably will be looked at on waivers at one point is Leah Sanderson. Cause I don't know. You just, you don't want to lose Jared Anderson-Dolan. You don't want to lose Velarde. You, you can't lose those guys to waivers. So with Leas Anderson, yeah, you paid a second-round pick to get him. But if you lose him on waivers, it, it is what it is. You, you tried the experiment. He was a top-ten pick. You tried to see what happened. But, I mean, yeah – send him down the AHL if maybe he passes waivers and he be, becomes a really solid I mean we've seen what he's able to do in the AHL how productive he is down there so that would be a great piece for the rain to have I mean so if you can have that piece not only as a depth piece and, and an extra forward on the NHL roster but think about the experience and the production he's going to bring uh, with Ontario too so I think I think that would that would be beneficial just to keep uh, Valardian and uh, Jaron Anderson Dolan around
0: Quick question here from Joe. Who do you think it's most minutes between Grunstrom, Lemieux, and Anderson? I agree with you. Hashtag free Carl. I think it's going to be Carl. I think he earned it with the playoff, and he'll be mm-hmm. given the most leeway coming out of camp. Uh, let's see. Do you guys see any more moves, trades, deals before the season starts? Uh, I do. I don't know in what capacity because I think the cap doesn't fit. I don't know what you think.
1: Yeah, I don't know if we'll see any like more minor moves, but I mean, it, it's, it's – the defense the defensive positions there and and we kind of all you you all want to look at the salary cap and kind of see what's available and Alex Follow and Sean Walker's name pops up in norms in in terms of trying to create some cap space so do i see any moves being made in terms of trades no I, would i be surprised if Rob Blake just kind of like surprise everybody and then threw a trade out for a left uh, shot defenseman? No, that wouldn't really surprise me either, but it would be pretty shocking to see him trade away. I follow, but I think the roster that you see now for the Kings, I think that would be, that's going to be very similar to what uh, we see October 11th, if not the roster we see October 11th.
0: Do you, do you think there's any team out there that's uh, as inept as Vegas and we can get a, a, a big left hand E <laughs> for future considerations? <laughs>
1: Dude, that patch already is so <laughs> ridiculous. They're just giving away good players for nothing. It, it, Vegas is the worst team at asset management. They they can build a team, but don't expect to be on that team for a year or two or more than one year. It's you, They have no loyalty, and they've shown no loyalty to their team or their players. And it makes, it makes no sense why any free agent would even want to sign there. Cause you don't even know if you're going to be there. You'd have to have a no movement clause tied to your contract for the entirety of it, just to make sure that you're not trading. Cause Hey, if they got an open cap space, you better watch out. Cause your name's going to be coming up.
0: We'll come here. Uh, let's see if we got any more here. Okay. Kupari plays with Turcotte and Chromiak in Ontario yeah. fire. Yeah, that so, would be great. Uh, so let's get to the, the other suite here, the left shot defenseman, which we I thought was a, a very good deal in Edler. 750K, like no, almost nothing, a little bit of a, a game bonus. I don't know if it's been released on how many games that is, uh, but 750K at minimum. And if he, and if he plays well, that's, it's the same thing as any of the other guys we're talking about. He'll outplay the extra 750K. So at most, he's making uh, 1.5 mil for a guy Mm -hmm. that was, like, holding down our defense for the uh, portion of the season last season.
1: Yeah, I think the bonus is at 10, 15, and 20 games, so he gets 250K at each of those uh, marks. But, yeah, I mean, you you bring back one of the best Corsi percentage uh, defensemen on the team last year at only 750, pretty much NHL minimum. That's huge. That veteran presence, yeah, I mean, obviously, Edler's not this – um, offensive force that he, that he maybe once was or even can run a power play or anything. But, I mean, we saw what he was last year. He was a really productive top four de- uh, defenseman that played solid positional defense. So the one real, real good stat I love to look at, it's called relative expected goals percentage. And it pretty much takes the difference between your on-ice production and the production when you're off the ice. And the player that led the Kings was Alex Edler at 7.6%. So, yeah, when he's healthy he brings a really good steady presence on the left side that is really desperately needed and i think and i think that if you can keep him to maybe be almost a platoon guy i think that would probably be the better way to utilize him cuz at 41 games i thought he looked really good uh, unfortunately he had that injury, but it it would have been interesting to see how well he would have been produced had he played like 60, 70 games in the year. So I think if you're able to bring, now that Moviari's back on the contract too, I think if you're able to kind of platoon those two, I, I think that would be really good for the Kings on the left side.
0: Yeah, with them not bringing back Will Landon, who just signed with Vancouver before we came on, I think it shows promise that they like Moviari, that that they are fine with Edler being that seventh guy, maybe platoon here and there, see what they really have in Bjorn Foote. Uh, it'll be definitely interesting. Uh, I think it's a great signing, and and maybe one that will even have bigger echoes come the playoff time.
1: Oh, huge! And and in terms of everybody else looking for a, a left shot defenseman to fill, I think the trade deadline is going to be big for the Kings. So yeah, we're still waiting for that uh, big offensive left shot defenseman to come, whether it is trade or or we we're looking at maybe even free agent signing. Uh, yesterday i think i don't think the rob blake had that in the mind had that in his mind so yeah the kings haven't been big players in the rental market but hey you come to uh around uh, january february and you're looking really competitive and we all know that hole is there let's see if the kings uh, dabble in that and use uh, some prospects to make an upgrade
0: yeah let's move let's switch it over here to our great sponsors in draft kings from the hockey podcast network Let's pull it over here. Uh, The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially in the summer with tons of ways to bet on your favorite sports. You can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000. And if it doesn't win, you get another shot to cash in. You can just throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over and unders, and props your betting options feel endless. You could start with MVPs for the uh, the NFL, plus $500 for Trey Lance right now for my Niners. Best of all, DraftKings <laughs> is safe, secure, reliable, and you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN and make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. The minimum age and eligibility restrictions may apply. See show notes in the notes for details. All right. Still to sign now. We got everybody's freaking out, right? You got, (laughs) and I think the comment leads here. I think we have one in here on the, uh, I saw it right here. Do you guys find, think Dursey or Mikey are going to be holding out? And that comes in our next topic is, is who's still to sign? Mm Mm-hmm. Break it down yeah. for them, Russ. Yeah, I think, obviously,
1: Dersey and Anderson are the big names out there. Gabe Villardi still needs a contract, and Jared Anderson-Dole needs a contract. But looking at the Kings salary cap right now, I believe they have around four, four and a half. Uh, when you look at it online at Puck PD or Cap-Friendly, awesome websites, they they do include Jordan Spence and Jacob Mobriari in, in the rosters in that uh, salary cap fold. So if you're bringing in Mikey Anderson and Sean Dursey, you're obviously going to be replacing those salaries too. So, there is money, there is room to to bring back these players. And I don't see them being too expensive. Mikey Anderson, maybe both of them even, probably getting bridge deals, uh, two-year deals, just to kind of keep them in restricted free agency um, at the end of those deals. So maybe my, you're looking at Mikey getting two, maybe 2.25, maybe even 2.5 at the highest. And Sean Dursey probably getting like 1.5, 1.75. And so I don't see them holding out. I think it was more along the lines of, Rob Blake, just, Hey, I need to get, I mean, had to make the Kevin Fiala deal, had to get Adrian Kempe sign and then go through free agency, make those qualifying offers. And, and then kind of once all that is taken care of, now you can kind of look toward the RFAs that are still available that are a little bit less on, on, on the lesser terms of kind of bigger deals. So you got the Kempe deal. He, he said that in his last interview, that was his main priority. So now that it's done now that free agency is over, now I'm sure he'll turn to Mikey Anderson and Sean Dursey. I don't think it'll be too big of an issue to get them signed.
0: What do you think, Brandon? Well, I mean, just like with the brisket analogy, now now he's done with his main course. He's he's finishing <laughs> with some dessert right now, and and what a sweet dish of pie, Mikey Anderson and uh, Villardi and, and Dursey would be. I think it's it's something similar. Like you like you said, right? You you go with where the priority is, make getting the impact player. Boom! Now signing your own impact player, and now. You don't want to be off the phone for free agency in the draft, like that's main priorities. And so now the dust is settled. Dev camp is going. You can get these guys kind of hammered it out and kind of see where the dust is settling. And I, I agree. I think that they're going to be there. Maybe bridge deals uh, that you want to get them to be an RFA again at the end of this. Um, I think also if, just like Kempe, I think if Jersey uh, Jersey and Mikey Anderson believe in themselves, like I think they do, they're going to want a bridge deal because they're going to want to get more money with their next thing. In a recent mm-hmm. interview, Mikey and Eddie said that, that Mikey Anderson has one of the biggest drive o- on the team. Like he believes in himself more than anybody else. And he has that drive and tenacity. And it, and it wouldn't surprise me that he's like, yeah, I'll take a two year deal and I'll show you what I got. I'll be a lefty one for the next two years. And, and now you're gonna have to pay me, you know, four, five, six million. So, you know, you're looking at those types of, of moves. And like I said, championship teams are built on value. And if you can mm-hmm. get now all those three contracts that I mentioned before, plus these two players that are just breaking into their into their promise at really low numbers, man, like what a team you could have for for quite a good value.
1: Yeah, I think what's really good, I've, I've always compared this team or the, the trajectory of this team to where the Kings were at in 2010, 2011, 2012, and I think Rob Blake is doing a really good job. As, he's not really giving away too many pieces to bring in some top-level uh, pieces. He's He's waiting for those those uh that really good prospect pool to develop and, and reach their potential to to not only just create a team that's going to contend for 2 to 3 years he's trying to build an actual really good team that's going to be good for a long time so I, I mean with Mikey Anderson like yeah you mentioned I, we're starting to see um, him develop into a really good defenseman he's showing that drive on the ice and and i've thought about if if we're kind of if we've seen Mikey Anderson i mean we're seeing Mikey Anderson be a really good defenseman yeah he, he played really well and, and stood up really well in the playoffs uh, maybe they offer him a long term deal get him signed to 6 years and just keep him around at a low cap hit because you you know what the floor of Mikey Anderson is he's going to play he's going to play really solid 20 22 minutes a night really solid defensive positioning and, and, and he's not, he's not going to produce that much. But hey, you, owe, you need that type of player to play with a Drew Dowdy or even a Brant Clark that comes up. So I mean, with Mikey Anderson, I think the team should probably look at maybe even locking him up uh, at a longer term just to kind of keep that cap hit down because who knows once, it, once it's over, he's probably going to be demanding a little bit more when, when that uh, next deal is done.
0: I forget who the player was, but it's probably from Tampa because they're handing out eight-year deals like it's nobody's business. <laughs> but it was like seven years, like like three million, like for like a third liner. But they just locked him up for forever. You know, mm-hmm. like, like man, if you get a seven by three for Mikey Anderson, oh, would be You just be it'd be ridiculous value there. Uh, coming in here uh, with the left shot, will Bjork start in the AHL? And I think that he has that ability to. And it wouldn't surprise me if he got you know, 10 games to start the season and see what you have with murvari and, and and Edler and, and stuff like that. Will it be a confidence shot to him? I don't know. But you weren't too impressed with him at DevCamp, obviously, one day. Mm-hmm. Where do you think he'll start?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say I was, like, too impressed with him, but it's pretty much the same Bjornfoot that we've seen, right? He, we, obviously, he's still a really young player. He's a first-round draft pick, but, I mean – He's got over a hundred NHL games already, and the thing with Bjornfoot is he's not a really necessarily bad defenseman, but you're just hoping for more, and you know more is there, but we just haven't really seen it. And I think that's a really good question that he brings up: if Bjornfoot can start or will start in the AHL, and I think he might. I think that's a really strong possibility. And I go back to asset management. Tobias, Tobias Bjornfoot is waiver exempt, so if you want to be able to keep all these players. Uh, on the team and in the organization, you're going to have to probably make some tough decisions. And maybe Tobias Bjornfoot is one of them, because I would rather send Bjornfoot down to the AHL waiver exempt than try to send Moviari down to the AHL and possibly lose him on waivers. I think that would be really bad. So, I mean, we we saw it a little bit with Kale Clegg. I mean, yeah, maybe we overhyped it a bit, but I, I really liked what I saw with Moviari. So I think he would probably earn a spot on the NHL roster, at least to start the year over to buy Bjornfoit and maybe we see Bjornfoot start with the rain
0: yeah I, I think asset management if they haven't been afraid to stop doing that you know yeah and and this you know maybe be a little crystal ball but maybe bjornfoot is the next campaign like really just inconsistent <laughs> needs more time than maybe we thought because he came out guns blazing and it just needs more time to find that consistency to be the top guy that we thought right if we flash back captain for team Sweden. Steady Eddie. Oh, I hear. Oh man, he's going to be Drew Dowdy's partner. All this yeah. kind of stuff like that, and had so much promise. That promise is still there. Mm-hmm. He's still young, right? And so maybe he's just that guy that's going to take, you know, more time for that consistency to come, right? And a lot of people are saying, "Hey, it needs to be year four after the draft for you to really make an impact in the in the in the NHL." Well, he's been, already made that impact. He's already played 100 games, but maybe that consistency will come with more seasoning.
1: Yeah, and he's only he just turned 21 in April, so still a really young player. And I, we've seen Bjornfoot so much already that we expect, or we kind of look at him as almost like a veteran. But yeah, he was drafted in, in uh, what was it the same draft as Byfield, I believe, or so, or maybe before that. But it was Turcotte, the um, no, Turcotte draft. That's right. Sorry. So yeah, I mean, I mean, we still haven't seen what Turcotte can do. And look at Tobias Bjornfoot; he's already played 100 games. So we're still waiting to see Alex Turcott just play 10 games in the NHL let alone hundred and surprise so burn made that, made that uh jump, but yeah, maybe even just give him a little bit more time in the AHL. I don't think it would be bad for him. I think it'll even be a shot in the arm to kind of boost his confidence a bit. And, and maybe you see him be uh, the number one per, uh, player called if there are any injuries in the lineup.
0: I mean, there has been players, right? Leah Anderson went down, found his game. You <laughs> have Velarde went down, found his game. Maybe it's just time. And Richard coming in here with the dream pairing, Bjornfoot and Spence, top pairing for the rain would be quite good for them, especially since the defense really struggled for that team last year, put Volalta in a lot of tough spots. And then Volalta also had to be between the pipes for already 40 plus games. There was a lot of injuries moving on for both teams last season. Let's yeah, get into you, develop, some...
1: you can develop some chemistry with Bjorn and Spence too, so they can bring that chemistry up to the NHL. I think that'd be great.
0: A little, little transplant there. Yeah, there you go. Let's go around <laughs> the league. So we already talked about the most puzzling move, which is the patch move. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't even understand it. Like they trade a first, a second, Tatar, whatever, to get him, and then just let him go for nothing. Uh, and uh, but what was, I mean, obviously, the biggest move announced was the Gaudreau move mm-hmm. across the league, deciding to go to Columbus. You saw it in the press conferences today. Really good for them, and it was kind of out of the blue there uh, because they weren't really front runners in anything. And it seemed based on the draft notes or the the notes that I've read from the press conference that Columbus didn't even know that really that he was interested until he was like, yeah, I, I want to go there. Like, yeah. Oh, if you really do Then Let's start making you some offers, you know? And so it just seemed cause you know, the Columbus finally broke the, uh, players don't want to play here mold mm-hmm. with, uh, with Johnny hockey.
1: Yeah. It, it was the, my first reaction to that was, Ooh, I wonder what flames fans are thinking right now. Cause yeah, the whole talk was that he just wanted to be closer to home, closer to his family. And then he goes to Columbus. So it was really surprising, but, I mean, Columbus is a team that's on the on the up and up. I mean, they've drafted two of our favorite players from the draft. This past year, David Hirachek, you really liked what he had. They brought him in, and they got Denton Matejchuk, which is which was Ryan Sykes' uh, favorite player. And then last year, they got Kent Johnson, which was my favorite player in the draft. I really like what Columbus is doing. And I don't think it's that surprising of a move for Columbus. I mean, people were talking about, oh, he he wants to go play for Columbus and just not make the playoffs. I'm like, oh, well, I mean, they have a really good team. Line a is still there. Maybe that wants to keep Line a around. They still have um, R- Roslovich. I mean, they have Zach Rowensky. They have a really solid core being built, along with all those really good uh, draft picks that they have too. So I really like what Columbus is doing. Um, but, yeah, looking at the Pacific Division, I mean, they, it, it, Vegas is just – Still trying to figure out how to run a salary cap. They 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 want to bring in any contract they can, but they have to sh- ship away good players to do it. And the Pacific Division is you look at you look around. The Kings got better, and a lot of the good top teams are getting worse. Goodrow left Calgary, uh, Patchett left Vegas. I mean, Edmonton is giving a little bit better, but who knows? what they they gave away five and five to Jack Campbell, so. We'll see if that move pays off, but I think they the don't, don't, are... don't
0: don't don't uh, don't don't talk bad about Soups, right? Soups <laughs> is my boy.
1: I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know that that contract. It seemed too high to me. I, I don't know what you thought. You look. I mean, goaltenders were getting paid left and right. What did What did you think about that deal?
0: I think the fact that uh, they had a deal with the the ageless wonder and and Smith like the last couple seasons, <laughs> they were like, I'm going to pay anybody that's willing to come here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, he was all star last year, and not that Edmonton is less of a hockey town than Toronto, but we all know Toronto is the Mecca of reports. like you let in one bad goal, you have to hear it from 70 different reporters every single night. And so, you know, maybe a little bit of that and, you know, maybe it was just the fact that they got the biggest offer from him, but you look at Jack Campbell played well and got an all-star bid was relatively healthy for most of his career with the Kings. And, and then with the, and then with the, the, uh, with Toronto, you know Kemper has been injured at every stop, right? And he was mm-hmm. the other big guy. Holtby is probably going to retire, so you're seeing like a lot of these things being moved around. Could they have made a smaller move? You know, one of those trades for like uh, Grigoriev, like the Avalanche made, maybe. But it seemed to me like they wanted to lock in a guy. And like Campbell played his best hockey last season and led, you know, led yeah. Toronto to a first place bid. So he's definitely an upgrade over Smith. So like I'm. I think that it might be just somebody to solidify there. Do you think he gets eaten up by uh, Canadian media again? Like,
1: because there's no
0: out for him after five. Like it's five years. Like, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I I actually don't think. I I was going to mention that too. And someone brought a good point to me the other day when uh, Campbell, or yesterday when Campbell signed, was. Yeah, when you're able to deal with the media in Toronto, and you go pretty much to the same media almost in Edmonton, I think that was probably one of the reasons that, or one of the things that they looked at in terms of bringing in goaltending. Because yeah, you have reporters asking their players why they're so pissy. It's just you have to have players that have a little bit more of a backbone to deal with all that. And Jack Campbell is he's yeah he's a great guy. He's a, he's a team uh, he's a team culture guy that people could, that players can rally around. So I'm sure that that took and was taken into consideration too by Ken Holland, but. Um. yeah, the Oilers, they're, they're going to be a team to beat. You, you're able to bring back Evander Kane at his low deal. I know I know his ex was making a lot of noise about him coming to LA, but that, that didn't really make a lot of sense. So I, to, for him to go back to Edmonton at that low cap hit, Yeah, the Oilers are going to be good and, and maybe the Kings and the Oilers are going to be uh, making another uh, trip to the playoffs and, and face each other once more.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, sharks weren't really in competition, but longtime rival Burns on the way to yeah. Carolina. Carolina's building a juggernaut. They're doing whatever yeah. they can to bring people over there. Uh, DT coming here. JT Miller maybe gone from Vancouver, mm-hmm. whether it's right in, before the season or you know maybe at the deadline. It just seems like they need some cap uh, space there. Uh, uh, Roman comes here. I think Vancouver is a dark horse for top three in the Pacific. Well, so does Jay Fresh. And a lot of it pissed off a lot of fans there that the Kings <laughs> were not making the playoffs. Uh, but have Kings have done enough to stay more than competitive if they are healthy? You know, I, I think that I think that this team here is is more than enough to stay competitive. And a lot of teams got worse and we yeah. got better. And I also think maybe fans don't want to hear this, but I also think we outproduced our roster last season. Oh, 100%. so so. What will they, you know, everybody's like, oh, we'll get Dewey. we we'll get all these guys back. And I, I keep saying every time, hey, it doesn't make us a 115-point team. It might not even make us a 110-point team. I think we'll be better. I think we'll be more consistent on a night-in and night-out basis. And I also think we won't have to scrap together three, two games and, and make a last-minute goal to to win these things. But the the ability to score goals and make, like, compete with Edmonton when they're on fire and they're doing that way, I I think – you will see the power play go up. The five-on-five five goals will go up because of Fiala. And like I said, rising tide raises all boats. So all that will trickle down to the second and third line. And I, I think the Kings will be in good position to repeat as playoff contenders.
1: Yeah, there's a couple things that we're going to be watching. And we'll talk about this more throughout the summer. Um, Quentin Byfield's development. Quentin Byfield and Arthur Coghev's development. What what kind of production do we see out of them this season for the Kings cuz they're they're going they're going to be coming into their second full seasons with the Kings and and we want to start seeing a little bit more production from them. I don't I don't think they're going to be 20, 25, 30 goal goal scorers, but I think we'll see a little bit more from them. Also, what's going to happen in net? What's going to happen with Cal Peterson? Cal Peterson's going to have to step up and start showing that he's a $5 million goaltender cuz yeah, like we talked about Jack Campbell, all these goalies are getting paid pretty much the same as as Cal Peterson's getting paid. So, you're starting to get these comparisons like would you rather have Billy Huso at the same price as Cal Peterson. Would you rather have Darcy Kemp or Jack Campbell? All these other goaltenders are all getting paid around $5 million a year. And that's what Cal is being paid. And he hasn't really shown that he's a $5 million goaltender yet, but this will be a big year to show it. And, and once Jonathan Quick is gone, he's going to have to take the reins because there's no one else right now.
0: <laughs> that, if it's a good leeway here into draft and dev camp, and we'll go we'll go deep dive into the draft prospect. I'm sure you guys – you know, have done a lot of research there. I, th- I thought the draft was kind of interesting just as a whole, um, you know, multiple interviews with the yanetti said that a lot of their guys got sniped right before them and, and Jack H- or, and, and Jack Hughes was a part of that tier that they really liked. Uh, what was your first impression of him at dev camp? Obviously scored the first goal in the scrimmage. Yeah.
1: Jack Hughes. I mean, the biggest, biggest talk with the was his high hockey IQ. And it's, it, that's really hard, something hard to see and. from couple of days or a couple drills that a player is going to be running, but yeah, hey, he's a really good skater. He's got a really good shot. And it was actually really impressive. So, I mean, we're still talking about a young player who jumped into the college years or into his college career a lot earlier than some people would have expected. He could have started. He could have kept going in the USHL, maybe played a little bit less competition and score a little bit more, maybe drafted a little higher, but he wanted to show that he was, uh, willing to jump into the the college ranks and and prove his uh, worth there, so I think it'll be a good player, and I think it was a really good, really good uh, pick for the Kings. Uh, but in, in the draft in its entirety, it was a little surprising, a little bit away from the norm than what the Kings have kind of been been with. They've always seemed to kind of go with the players that are rated highest and have the biggest upside. But this time, it's it seems like maybe it's a little bit what we kind of expected. I guess is they were just going for home run picks, players that Yanetti really liked that he thinks they can develop into really good players. And you saw that with some of the tall players taken. And and uh, I really like um, what they got out of Salon in, in the fifth round. I think that's going to be a really good pick, the defenseman um, from Finland. And, and he can, he can turn into that Helga grounds type offensive uh, force in, in the AHL, maybe even be a solid NHL defenseman too. So you know, it was a good draft for the Kings. It's, it's nothing really noteworthy, I guess, coming out of it besides um, some tall players like uh, Jack Sparks and Caleb Lawrence, but yeah, all in all just another solid uh, showing from Gianetti and crew.
0: Yeah, I think I think they were trying to move up is what he said in the third uh no no takers and so mm-hmm. you have to kind of adapt. You have to, like Bruce Lee be like water and 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 make what you have in front of you and and so they move back and they they get a lot of slow burning prospects. The guys that are going to take time, guys that missed time during the season cuz of injury and maybe didn't get a full look that maybe could have went rounds earlier if they did. Uh, especially their seventh round pick Caleb Lawrence, right? Played two games and he was talking about scouts going to his practices to see if, if he was worth, you know, trading a seventh for a seventh. Right. But ultimately, you know, seventh round picks only have a 2.7% chance of making it to the NHL. So they took a little bit of a swing there on a guy that's, you know, six, 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 seven. And uh, you know, it's really something that we can kind of see there. And I think you look at a lot of these prospects are in the AHL that are home, like that are big top prospects. They're going to try to make their in now. You're going to need those slow-burning guys that are four mm-hmm. years out to backfill these guys that are going to be graduating. We'll, we'll follow it up here. I know we only got a couple minutes left. CJ coming in here. Russell, who surprised you at development camp? Just talk about going when you went the first day. Like, What were some surprises or maybe standouts for you uh, when you were there?
1: Well, the NHLers all looked really good and showed their confidence and their um, experience pretty much. So Quentin Byfield, I thought he looks great uh, or he looks great, um, really good in terms of his skating. He's looking a lot more smoother. Um, I'm going to go back there tomorrow. I'm going to try to get a a question and see if he's done something with his stick. Because apparently that's the biggest question everyone wants to know if he's changed how long his stick is. So I'll try to get that question in there. But uh, Arthur Kaliev also looks really good. Uh, Jordan Spence, they're all looking really solid, but in, in the non-NHLers, I, I like to call them the the prospects still in the minors or the junior leagues. I, I really like what I see from Alex Lafleurier. I, I think he 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 looks a lot bigger in person and on the ice, um, like a stockier guy, and he moves around really well. He was doing really good in puck protection against. Andre Lee, who's a, a monster of a man, and uh, Sammy Holanius, he was looking really good with uh, there, and he has a really good shot too. So I'm going to be paying pay attention a lot more to the playing in Harvard this year, and then Francisco Pinelli. I mean, I'm really impressed with pinelli He's he's a hound on the puck, and he, he he's really good through the neutral zone. So that's another player going to be watching a little bit more um, in Kitchener this year in the in the OHL.
0: Yeah, both those guys are are, are a lot of draft picks and. and... We're going to be making waves right there's it's the mm-hmm. draft year plus two where you're supposed to see that really big development and and you know you're going to be able to see maybe Panelli come up to the ahl and, and, and pretty soon well you know I, I like what we're hearing here and we're going to get more dev camp stuff coming later roster construction uh as always you guys can find our articles we're pumping them out daily at, at hockeyroyalty.com go get your shirts and your hockey royalty gear podcast coming out we're trying to get a plenty of guests for you guys plenty of content uh, like subscribe here on youtube uh and, and tell all your friends man we're growing we're being That's here right, yeah. quest for a thousand subs we just crashed over 200 so thank you guys for the love and support that you have given us uh also thank you to our uh guys at the uh the hockey podcast network and our sponsor draft kings and as always go kings go
1: go kings